0: John chapter two, and we're going to pick, pick up at verse number 12. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. That's salvation. That's a new baby Christian. That's a, a person that's new in Christ. Verse 13, I write unto you fathers, because you've known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Notice that, young men, you have overcome the wicked one. And then it says there, I write unto you, little children, because, look at this, you have known the Father. There's an important phrase there. It's important to know the Father. It's important to overcome the wicked one. It's important to know that your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Verse 14, I have written unto you fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. It's important to know where you came from and to know the beginning. If you don't know the beginning, you have no confidence in knowing the ending. Anyway. Uh, he said there, I have written unto you young men because ye are, look at this here. Ye are strong. Ye are strong. I hate to say this growing up as a young guy in church. Uh, I, I kind of looked at, this is bad to say, I'm ashamed to even say it. But I, I just kind of looked at church people as sissies. The devil, he told me, he just put that in me. And that if you live for Jesus, you're just kind of a sissy. And I never heard anybody say, you know, that it takes strength to live for God. But as years went by, especially after I got married and I began to back up from life and look at life, one of the things became very, very clear to me that I would never be a real man without Jesus. And that part of my problem was that I, as a lost man, was the wimp. I was the sissy. You know why? Cause I was ashamed of Jesus Christ and I wanted to align myself with the world and I didn't want the reproach or the mockery or the scorn that might come with aligning myself with Jesus Christ. One of the foundational fundamental reasons that the United States is going to, is deteriorating and will deteriorate unless God intervenes into a paganism and heathenism. And we'll abs- you'll see a time of either break. You will see one of two things if it keeps going. You're going to see a bust up of this country. Or you're going to see a ter- tyrannical overtake of this country. You'll see one or the other. Yep. It's coming. Yep. Unless we have a biblical revival. Amen. But one of the reasons how Satan did it was to obliterate and destroy in the fabric of American life, biblical manhood. Right and take manhood as God created it, move it out and pervert it and twist it until it was entirely unrecognizable as a biblical foundation of life, the concept of manhood. God has put a kind of a a role of order for me in the ministry years and years ago. It's like God said to me, Reggie, I want you to focus on building strong men in the church. If you have strong men in the church, you'll have strong marriages. If you have strong marriages, you'll have strong families. If you have strong families, you will affect the community in the area for Christ. Amen. Reggie, if this, you get out of order on this, it will not work. It will not be effective as it should be. So I've always tried to in through the preaching and through the general ministry of this church to boost and encourage and to strengthen the men of this church in their personal walk with God because if we have weak men spiritually men who don't love the Lord men who are not really serious about it we'll have weak marriages yeah. then we'll have weak children and our church will be weak and we won't have any influence for Jesus Christ around the around the nation let me start off today saying that Jesus Christ was a man Amen. and is a man. Amen. He is God, yet he is man. Romans chapter 5, fellas, if you want to start up there in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 15, watch this. Wherefore, but one man sinned in the world, that's Adam, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for the law of sin. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there's no law. Nevertheless, death reigned unto Adam, from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him, Christ, that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace, which is by one man. Now I'm going to emphasize to you today, whether the world likes it or not, that manhood, spiritual, biblical manhood is critical and important to this church and to the faith of Jesus Christ. Amen. We worship a man, Jesus Christ. Amen. What your Bible says. Yes, I've never, I never dreamed when I was 15 years old that I would see such effeminate nation full of perverts and sissy men Amen. as I have seen now. Amen. I mean, to be honest with you, it makes me sick I don't watch TV there. I don't know nothing on that hellhole thing that I'm interested in. But I see enough on my faith. But but when I did, you know, every little sitcom they ever made made the man of the house out to be some doofus. He's stupid. I mean, mama's got mamas in the know. She knows what's going on and the kids are smarter than daddy. He's old doofus at the house. That's, that's what sitcoms were in this nation for 50 years ever since TV came out. Right. Yeah, man. Manhood is just about gone, but Jesus Christ is a man. First Corinthians 15, verse number 45 through 47. So it is written, the first man Adam was made of living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit how be it that which is first which is spiritual but which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual the first man is of the earth earthly; the second man is the Lord from heaven Amen. now you say I don't understand how God could be a man I don't either Bible says it's so and I believe it's so Amen. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh when you're reading your Bible let me just tell you something Jesus was God when he walked upon the water he was man when he was sleeping in the boat yeah. Jesus was God at the well when he, uh, when he, fed, or when he fed the 5,000 even. But he was, he was man when he was weary at the well. You can go all the way through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and you'll see him as God and then all of a sudden you'll see him as man. Yeah. He was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. Amen. He literally it was, it is a man, the man Christ Jesus. Look at 1 Timothy 2, 5 with me. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Now I'm gonna submit to you today, I don't care what Springfield's doing, I don't care what Chicago's doing, I don't care what Jefferson City's doing or someplace out St. Louis or San Francisco, but here in Norwood, Missouri at this church, we're gonna preach biblical manhood. We are gonna preach, I said biblical manhood, not Cultural subcultural manhood or cultural manhood, but biblical manhood. Amen. What Jesus what if Jesus ever forfeited his manhood? Yeah. The Bible said in the beginning he created male and female. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you, shame on you, queers. Yeah. Shame on you, sodomites. Right. I'm not even gonna give you the distinction of calling you gay because you're not gay. Amen. You're an abomination to Almighty God Amen. for a man. To be effeminate and act like a pervert, an animal, and then go around being proud about it. There's nothing sicker in the bowels of hell than that is, and God historically has burned that stuff to ashes, Amen. and He will. Amen. You want to tell you? You say, Reggie, you sound like you're wound up. There, you've got it. I'm wound up. Somebody needs to preach on biblical manhood in this country. I want to tell you something. God has always referred to it in masculine terms. Amen. Amen. God is a He. ain't no, no, there's no gender neutral garbage going on. Illinois and California and New York passed legislation, if I understand it right, just recently. I'm not sure whether it's all been signed in the law. That if your child decides it wants to be another sex and you try to stop that, you're going to be charged with child abuse. And arrested. I'll tell you something, I'm putting a wall up on the boundaries of Missouri. I ain't nobody, but I'm a preacher of God Almighty in this book, and I'm going to try to build a fort here where, I'll tell you, I don't even want them people moving this part of the country. They repent and get right with God, you're welcome. I'll tell you something, I don't tempt them to infest this country with their filth out of hell. Come on, come on. God's always referred to in masculine terms. Yes, yes. And I'll tell you right now, I, I ain't got no time for men to walk around uh, with hair dyed up and yep. earrings in your ear.
1: Yep.
0: You walking around with something looks like some women's slacks.
1: Yep. Yep. That Amen. ain't
0: right. Amen. You got to repent of it, and stop it. Throw that burn that trash. Don't give it to nobody you ought to look like a man, act like a man, talk like a man. Amen. I'm tell you what, I works with a man that's not even saved. I don't. He, he, he may be, but I don't think so. I works with a man here's that's not even saved, but he's old school. He cut down 64 walnut trees from 9:30 to 3:30. And I mean, grab that big old chainsaw and just walk to the next tree, stick it down there in the ground. Blah, 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 and I'll tell you what, I said to myself, America was great when we had men like that, amen? He made i I've got more respect for a lost man that acts like a man than I do for a professing Christian who acts like a sissy. I'm gonna tell you something, when I was a boy, you didn't act like a sissy around all us guys I ran with. You'd be back to the house. By the way, you don't have to be a sissy. Right. My daddy can take that out of you in three minutes. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, I was, I was about 19, 20 years old, and I had hair grown down to my shoulders, and a man walked up to me one day, this is how, you can sit in church for years now. He said, Reggie, you don't know that the Bible said that long hair is a shame unto a man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, can I tell you something? When I got saved, you asked my wife, I went and got a haircut. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because he changed my heart. And I said, if God says it's a shame for a man to have long hair, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Amen. Can I tell you, women, something? Your hair is your glory. Amen. The Bible said. Yeah. That's Bible. Amen. I'm going to, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pull the engine. Stop the train. How many of you people in here today claim to be saved, really and honestly believe this book is your authority for life? Amen. Amen. On every issue. Huh? You need to, while I'm preaching, you don't like it? Sit there and think, do I really believe the Bible is the authority of my life? Do I really believe that I pick and choose? Do I justify, do I rationalize? Amen. I'm looking for some men, amen. God's looking for a man. He looked for a man to stand in the gap. But he couldn't find any. That's what happened to Israel. Men were created to be men. It is the creative design and order of God. And and I always wanted to be a man, but I never was a man until I got saved. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. Look at it. It said that when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. Let me just tell you, we got a lot of married people today that have carried their childhood brother Jerry into their marriage. They manipulated mom and daddy. To let them do anything they ever wanted to do, and learned how to manipulate people, so they walked in. You guys, listen to me. I'm brilliant. this is good preacher. I don't care if I am preacher. You took that into your marriage, and so all you ever do is manipulate. You're still a baby. You're still a child, even though you've got a marriage certificate. Because you work your wife over. You work your husband over. I've seen it in this church for 40 years. I've sat and watched and watched what I preach. Watch wives manipulate their husbands. Watch husbands manipulate their wife. I mean, if you don't get your way, you're going to throw yourself a little hissy fit. You're going to do something to try to pry them and twist them to go along with what you want to do. You're a child. You're a baby. I didn't say you weren't saved. You may be saved. But you're a child. This place, that Pastor Scripture said strong. I'm just going to tell you something right now. This country is going to die and go to hell. We got, I mean, you, I never seen anything like it. You see these boys, I've never seen They look like some kind of pervert come out of uh, somewhere. Yeah. It's sickening. Yeah. Now, I'll say something right now at the get go. I appreciate the young men of this church. Stand, oh, oh, you're a young man, stand, would you? Just stand. I want you to tell you. I want you to know something. I appreciate you. And I want to encourage you. Be a man. You don't let this world tell you how to live, how to look, how to love. But I'm telling you, I appreciate you. I'll tell you right now. I'm impressed. As far as I'm concerned, you boys are fifty miles ahead of where I was when I was your age. That's honest truth. And I would to God I might have got mad as a hornet, brother Caleb. I would to God I had a preacher and get up and said, Reg Kelly, you're a sissy. You're afraid to stand for Jesus Christ. You're a coward. You won't go out there where you work and live and stand up for Jesus Christ. You ain't no man yet. You're still a child. You boys can sit down. I'll tell you right now, I want you to give these boys a good hand. Any church in the country would love to have these boys in their church, amen. May I say to you, you know who's going out and witnessing the people knocking the door. You can be, you'll start being a man when you're not afraid to knock on the door and say, hey, I want to talk to you about the Lord. Yeah. I put away childish things when I become a man. Now listen to me. I want you to hang on your seat. They got this little ditty that's been going around, preachers have quoted it for years and you see it on Facebook everywhere. God took Eve from Adam's side, not to be ruled over by his head. Not his head, so she, he'd be ruled over her. He took, not from his, her feet, so she wouldn't be stomped on. And everybody said, oh, that's such a sweet little thing. The only problem is it's unbiblical. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't got nothing to do with none of that. Did you notice that they left out just right over the next verse, or next next chapter it says, he shall rule over thee. Yeah. The Christ, that he's the head of the home. Yeah. You know what that's all about? Oh, marriage is 50-50. All right, I'm gonna ask you this. Marriage, you think marriage 50-50, you're crazy. Some of you won't be back next week. You've just been waiting for the right message to leave. Here it is. Uh, (laughs) Marriage is a picture of Christ and the church. How many knows that? I want to ask them, is our marriage to Christ (laughs)
1: 50-50?
0: Marriage is so perverted in this country because the devil has raised up so many whippy men who have bought into this Jezebel spirit that marriage is 50-50. Baby doll, I'll do what you say because you you wouldn't go to bed with me last night, honey. So whatever you want, honey, I'll do it. Men controlled by the bodies of their own wives. You do that, woman, you're a Jezebel. Amen. Amen. You say, well, my husband, he's 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 a brute. All right, fine, yeah. Come on. If he's that bad, why don't you just <laughs> tell God on him. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I know the world's not perfect, but you're not going to fix it by being disobedient and trying to destroy manhood.
1: Come
0: on. I want to tell some of you men something. I didn't come in on the last load of pumpkins. I've been behind this book 40 year, 40, 42 years and let me tell you what I've seen over and over again. A man that loves God, loves the word of God, wants to do right, wants to raise his children right, but mama hates me. But his wife hates me. And the reason she hates me is because she, in her spirit, she senses that I ain't putting up with her nonsense. And she'll get and what she'll do, she'll sit like grin like a possum while I'm preaching, Brother Ralph. But she'll get to the house and she'll start just slightly seeing if you will take something. Start dropping little negatives. Start dropping little negatives. And then she'll start putting the pressure on. And I can guarantee you that if that husband doesn't fix that rot, Immediately and tell her how the cow eat the cabbage. Honey, I love you. This ain't happening at our house. Amen. That within six to twelve months, they will be gone from this church. He will be whipped by his wife. I've seen it over and over again. Marriage is not 50 50. Jesus and the church is a picture of the marriage. Jesus is not on the 50 50 deal, he's the head of the church. Now I'll tell you right. He's one who determines what we think, what we say, what we hear, the intent of our hearts, and everything. Yeah. Without the head, we're nothing but a corpse. Well, the founders of our nation. Let me give you an illustration on this. Did not allow women to vote.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Now, some of you are saying, "I thought he was going to preach on biblical journey to manhood." I am. Yeah. I am. We'll get there. Our founding fathers didn't allow women to vote. Bunch of male chauvinists, bunch of pigs, white men. Hey, can I tell you something? I'm mighty thankful I'm a white man. You ain't gonna shame me. Let me tell you why, God made me a white man. Does that make me better than somebody who's not white? No, but you think I'm gonna go on my knees because I'm a white male? You're crazy. That's right. So why did they not let women vote? Because they wanted to oppress women. They considered women to be ignorant to, ignorant to vote. No. Women were in fear. No. Let me show you in the Bible why they didn't. Matthew 19. If you're interested in the Bible... Welcome to church. If you ain't in what the Bible says and it's not your authority, you ain't gonna like this.
1: Right. Yep.
0: And by the way, can I say to you, the wheat and the tares are always gonna be separated and the direct day of judgment, we're gonna find out. You better be on the Bible side. You say, so, Reggie, I'm on the Bible side, but I don't like your attitude about being on the Bible side. I'm sorry about that. I, I know I need to be sweeter. I know I need to be sweeter fact of it is, can I tell you, I just like, I was praying, I said, God, just keep me calm and methodical today and don't let me get all bent out of shape. And, and here I am. <laughs> and he answered and said, and then Jesus said, have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them what? Male, Some little two, two-bit twerp said to me one time, "Reggie, then nowhere in the New Testament does that say anything <laughs> uh, against uh, uh, gays? And nowhere in the New Testament did Jesus ever even discussed this subject. Male and female? I think it has something to do with the subject. I think it's the base foundation or truth of the subject. Now watch this. And said, for this cause, shall a man leave his father's basement? Take off his pajamas, put his britches on? And cleave to his wife. Amen. I'm gonna have a good time with you, do you not? Right. And they, Twain, shall be 50-50. No, no, no. What? One, One flesh. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> now what's that got to do with them not letting women vote? Well, I'll tell you what it has to do. It has everything to do with it. Yep. He was voting as the representative of the home. Right. And the reason, they were one. That's right. He was representing her and his children when he voted. That's right. yep. She was not without representation. Right. Hey. What was God doing? Protecting the marriage, protecting that unity, protecting that oneness.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: That's where that came from. The husband to be the head of the home. You said, man, when you talking about, a journey to biblical manhood? I'm gonna tell you something right now. Listen to me. You are gonna get hooked up with a girl? You need to have some really serious talks with her.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, I'll get to the part you like about, oh, love your wives as Christ loved the church. I'll get to that. It's there. That's part of the curse on America. We, you, know why, you know why women have gotten like they have? Because men don't love the wives like Christ loved the church. That's what our problem is. Yeah. The men's one started the stupid thing. Well, I'll just break off the train and tell you right now. When American culture became that, it's just for boys growing up, all you wanna do is just chase girls and see how many girls you could score with. And you leave her high and dry in the ditch. And America left millions of babies in the wombs of of, of girls who were not married. And if you think for a second that a woman who's been mistreated like that and dumped like that and treated like a dog like that is gonna have any respect for you, you lost your ever living mind. And pretty soon the women will get to work. I don't trust men, they're sorry, they're worthless. Why? Because they're unbiblical. Amen.
1: Amen. Right.
0: They have no respect for men. All they think they want is sex.
1: Yeah, right.
0: If I can't give him sex, he doesn't care about me. he would throw me in the dish tomorrow. Yeah. Come on, say amen. It's exactly right. You know I'm right. Amen. You say, I want my kids hearing that. Too bad. Sorry. They need to. They need to. Amen. That's why there's, they don't have any respect for manhood. Because men haven't loved their wives
1: Right?
0: Treat him like dirt.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm gonna tell you something, else you ever slap your wife, you're sorry. Won't you not you try slapping me outside after church today? You're such a big dude. Right. You're such a sissy, you slap your wife? Yeah. Come on, bro. yeah. You ought to repent.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. You ought to ask God to forgive you. Amen. You ought to get on your knees and ask your wife to forgive you. God gave her for you to protect, not to slap.
1: Amen.
0: Amen. To protect and love. Yeah. Hey, can I just, while I'm on the side, I don't know, man, I'll tell you, I'm, a, I'm like a wild man in a zoo. <laughs> can I tell you girls really why your daddy doesn't want you dressing like a whore? Because he's trying to protect you. Yeah. He's just trying to protect you. Yeah. He's not against you.
1: Amen. Richard rich.
0: He loves you. Yeah. He knows some things you don't know. Yeah. Amen. He knows the mind of a man. Yeah. He knows the emotions and the physical, and he knows all that old. He knows. Yeah. And you'll do well to stay under your daddy's protection.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: I appreciate it, brother. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 3. We'll look at some scriptures real quick. But I have you know that the head of every man is Christ. God doesn't start off saying men are the head of wife. He says every man's got a head on him. He's my head. It's not like we ain't got anybody supposed to control us. And and, and we'd be under their authority. And under their leadership. And under their love and care. Christ is the head of the church. Look at the next thing. That the head of every man is Christ. The head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. Even Christ. The Bible tells you that as a man, God, man, Jesus Christ, he submitted his will to always obey his father, his headship. He's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. Then he's saying, men, you're submitted to Christ and the wives will be submitted to the husbands. And I'm going to tell you something. 95 percent of what's going on starts with men not loving their wives and creating bitterness in the in the in the wife toward the husband, and then the whole thing gets train wrecked and mixed up. That's yeah, that's so A reaction here, Genesis three sixteen. And to the woman he said, "I will greatly multiply sorrow in thy conception." And in sorrow shalt thou bring forth children, thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. You ought to see how these perverted Bibles do what they do to that verse. It is unreal. Can I tell you something I know? Say to, you know why I know this important subject you get in the devil's nest right here? It's because every perversion of, of doctrine in the Bible would deal with this deal right here. They want to destroy the God-ordained home and the structure God made. Amen. Ephesians 5 verse 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Many of you remember Brother Larry Brown's message on submission, right? Be sure you keep that in balance. Watch verse number five. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the what? Lord. For the husband's head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. You say, Rich, why are you preaching this on a message on journey to manhood? Because these boys that stood up all ago, if they don't get these truths down, they'll get themselves perverted before the first year their marriage is over with. There's so many things. That, Therefore, if the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their husbands. And what do they feel like? 1 Peter 3. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may also. That's talking about a lost husband. You're a saved woman. You've got a lost husband. They may also, without the word, be one by the conversation of the wives. Only place in the Bible I know of where you can get saved without hearing the Word of God. Faith can be hearing, hearing can the Word of God. Only place in the Bible where it says that a woman with chaste conversation who lives a godly life can win her lost husband to Jesus. Only place in the Bible. That's a tremendous promise. Wow. I remember when I was first just reaching, Danny, you might remember this. It was down, I remember Mississippi guy got up preaching. He gave this illustration. And he said, well, he said, in my church, he said, there's a man, lost man. said his wife wanted to go to church. And he'd argue with her every Sunday morning about going to church. And she'd go on to go to church. And said, one day Monday, Sunday morning, she opened the closet and get her coat out and she'd put it a hold out and he stuck a .357 to her head. And said, you go out that door, I'm blowing your brains out. And he said, watch this, that the wife turned and looked at him and said, if, if you shoot me, I'm going to heaven. And if you don't shoot me, I'm going to church. <laughs> And I laughed, and I thought, man, that's a pretty cool story. Until I got to thinking through it scripturally. That's why she is having problems. That's why she is having problems. That attitude. You don't tell me what I'm going to do. I'm super spiritual, bud. You're the lost dog going to hell. I'm the sweetie angel going to heaven. Don't you know that? You know what her problem was? It was rebellion toward God-ordained authority. You say, what should she have done? You know what she should have done? She should have done what the Bible says to do and said, listen, I want to go to church. I love Jesus. I need to go to church. But if you don't want me to, to church, I won't go. Yeah. You say, you, you mean it? I mean that. Yeah. yeah. Some of you just got through saying you really appreciate Larry Brown's message on submission leads, bring submission. Did you know what? Can anybody imagine what that man went through his mind? He's sitting there holding her up like this and she smarts that off to what went through his mind? Can you Tell me what went through his mind. I don't know what I'm gonna do with her. Right, She's a self-righteous rip. Yep. Rebellious as hell, and she claims to be a Christian. Claims to be a Christian, more obey the Bible, she says she believes. Yep. Now he doesn't think spiritually. No. Right. But you know what she should've done? She's turned around and just said, Honey, listen, I love you, but I have to serve God first. And, and if you let me, I'm gonna head to church, but if you don't, I'll stay home. But hey, I want you to know something. I love you, and the Bible says, to obey my husband unto the Lord. Yep, yep. Now, you am going to back up and say something here. Your husband gets violent with you, and bringing you in, I'm talking about, I'm talking about stuff, there's a time to separate. Yep. Yeah, I'll never tell anybody divorce in this church. Yeah. But I will tell you one thing, if he gets to threaten in your life, it might be a good idea to move out right. for a while. to Get away from him. If he's beating on you, shoot him, marry another guy. Right. Laughter. Your first husband dead, you're free to marry, right? <laughs> don't do that. But I am going to tell you this, that if she would have had a godly, sweet spirit that was in obedience to the Word, the Holy Ghost then could have been free to work on him. And I can just about tell you that next Sunday he'd have said, honey, if you want to go to church, just go on.
1: Yeah.
0: You see, our problem is we don't have faith to believe God's Word will work. Yeah, right. We're going to handle it like we want to handle it.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: This is why I'm saying, boys, be super careful who you marry. (laughs) I ain't going here. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. The Lord stands up. See, verse number 12, guys. can Can you back up? There you go. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. God was describing the spiritual condition of Israel and he was saying, manhood had been forfeited. They had quit leading their homes, they quit praying with their wives, they'd quit worshiping God, they quit living right. They're living for the world, living in their flesh. And he said, "I'll bring a curse upon you by letting the women wind up ruling over And that's what you're seeing in America today. First Corinthians fourteen. Look at this. Here's one: preachers won't touch with a ten foot pole, you get lightning struck. God's not the author of confusion, but of peace. As in all churches, let your women keep silence in the churches is not permitted them to speak but they're commanded to be under obedience as thus said a lot. Watch verse 35. If they'll learn anything let them ask their husbands at home for it's a shame for a woman to speak in the church. How many times was the last time you heard a message on that from your favorite preacher? You know why? Because he's afraid to preach it because the culture of feminism ultra-feminist has invaded the church so much they're afraid to preach on that. I mean I, I don't need to go to Greek to understand that. I don't need Hebrew to understand that. It just says what it says. So, and so if so it bucks up inside you, yeah, yeah, you take it up with God. Don't you bother me with it. Don't you stop me on the way out of church. That's what it says. Now, I'll I'm I'm show you the wisdom of this. If they will learn, that doesn't mean you're stupid ignorant. You just got a question about what was preached, what was taught, verse you read, okay? Not talking about you being so dumb you can't understand. That's not the tone of that scripture what it is saying is that she has some things that questions in her minds about what was preached or what was taught Now watch this Honey, I'm gonna see brother Reggie. I want to ask him what what I, I just don't understand what he was doing. don't do that Amen. Amen. Don't ever come to me ladies go to your husbands
1: Amen.
0: Yeah. You want know to create a problem in your marriage if you start Some of you, you have to go to church here for about six months a you to find out I'm worthless I'm sorry and low-down you wouldn't marry me if I was the last guy on the face of the earth but if you ain't careful, you walk in here and you'll think, oh, ready, 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 you that. And you start talking to your husband like that, yep. don't ever do that. Yep. I wouldn't even if I if you at least, I wouldn't even say to your husband, boy, he sure preached a good message today, didn't he? I wouldn't say that. Amen. Did you know Satan will take a spirit of jealousy, put it in your husband? Don't come to the pre- it doesn't tell you to come to the preacher ask wow. questions. It says, go to your husband and say, honey, i like to, he said, well, he's not saved. He don't, he don't, he don't read the Bible as much as I do. He don't know Adam and Eve was first couple. I don't matter. Just take the Bible and say, honey, I need some help here. Would you help me there? I'm trying to help you. That's yeah. what the Bible says to do. You don't come to me. Don't, don't, don't talk to your husband about your favorite preacher on TV or somewhere else. Let him be your priest. Let him be your leader. Let him be the one who you look to. And by the way, God will give you more truth through your husband. Your husband knows more than he's letting on.
1: Oh.
0: Men are funny creatures if you women ain't figured that out. First Timothy chapter two, verse 11, 14. Let the women learn in silence with all subjection and suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over the man, but be in silence. For why Adam was first formed in Eve. By the way, it tells you who was deceived. Now, ladies, I'm going to tell you something. You are not inferior to us in any way, shape, or form. Did not Christ die for you just like he died for your husband?
1: Amen. Right.
0: Your value is just as valuable as anybody on the face of this earth. Amen. But God has an authority structure. Yes,
1: right.
0: and, that, and it brings order to your life. Adam was not deceived. There's something about that that a man can keep himself from being deceived when a woman can't. You just say, I don't, and I'm not saying everybody blanket on that, but I'll just tell you that's, that's, that's a pretty general. The scriptures bother, these scriptures bother people. I want to ask you, are you bothered by the ones that teach that we're to be obedient to submission to Jesus Christ? If I got up here this morning and all I preached was every one of us need to be in submission to the word of God and in submission to Jesus Christ, you'd all be shouting amen, right? Amen. But I get up here and preach that the wife's to be in submission to the husband and you're, mm. As I said earlier, Christ in his humanity submitted to the will and obeyed the Father. The core purpose of what I'm saying is this. There is a creative design in man, woman, male, female, husband and wife, and it's foundational to all of life's issues and areas. And Satan from the Garden of Eden is out to and has corrupted and perverted God's ordained design and creative design, and it's in our history and in our generation right now. Satan attacks and destroys biblical manhood. I want you to put up Mark three twenty-seven. We'll just put up one of those guys. Mark three twenty-seven. I want you to watch this. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods. So the word "spoil" there means to be robbed and plundered of all your precious things that you have that are precious. Except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. Here's the deal on that. It can be an application that can be put here. Satan goes to the man, binds him with sins, secret sins especially. That man loses the power of God. He's bound by his sins. Then Satan comes into the home and robs the home of peace and joy and tranquility, robs the children, robs it all because he binds the strong man. Men, in this context here, the application is you are the strong man in your house. You are not to let Satan bind you with habits of sins, besetting sins any way that Satan can bind you because once Satan has bound you with that, once you get under condemnation, then he's like, God, he's got you bound up and tied. You've seen this in robberies and stuff or rapes and so forth. Tie the man of the house up and rape the wife. That's the picture he's giving here. That if you don't maintain the strength of protection of God Almighty in your home, you're gonna have a train wreck. Now, to our texture, for, write this down somewhere if you can on the back of your sheet. We're going to go back to our text. Go back to 1 John 2, 12 through 14. There's three stages of a biblical journey to a manhood. We're going to go. Number one, little children, that's when you're saved. Okay, Young men, you are growing and maturing and strong in the Lord. Fathers are matured men who reproduce in the faith, mentor others in the faith, influence others. Their, their culture with Christ and have generational impacts because of that. So it's child, young men, fathers. This is the journey to spiritual manhood, to biblical manhood. It's interesting and alarming that several men of faith fell hard later in their life. Samson, David, Solomon, and so forth. Be careful. This stuff is so important. I mean, it could save your life. There are principles of biblical manhood set forth in scripture. We're going to be looking at several of them, but I want you to start off on your handout now. Here we go. And we're going to do this to let you out. Anybody here not mad at me? Raise your hand. Oh, a few of you not mad at me. Okay, good. Thank you. All right. Do you know the truth about it is it doesn't matter? Now, it matters if I have a wrong attitude and a wrong spirit. That matters. But I'm just going to tell you this much. Sometimes... There needs to be a little forcefulness Come on. about what sin is doing to our lives yeah. and the disobedience and what's happening to our country. Amen. It just, I mean, I'm, I'm just gonna tell y'all something. You better wake your head up. You say, well, it's not here in our area. It's not in our school. It's not, it is everywhere. Number one, young men are to develop strength through physical labor. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's the first thing. Number three on your right hand out there is, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Number four is, young men should develop strength through physical labor. I cannot overemphasize this. World War II, when they started drafting and they signed up all the men, man, they were coming off these farms Almost all the soldiers, whether they lived in city or country, were used to physical work. And let me just tell you something. Uh, if you want to know manhood, study World War II. Study the men that came off the fields and the farms and the factories and went over there to war and both run. And I'll tell you, talk about some men who, who weren't a bunch of wimps.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. Can I say something to you boys? And I know I'm preaching to the choir because a lot of you boys work and you work hard and you do physical work. But I'm going to say this to you. They need to develop strength through physical work. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 29 says, the glory of young men is their strength. Now, I'm going to tell you something I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about you taking a set of weights and going up to the, the, whatever that, them hell holes are where people go up there and they claim they're trying to get themselves in shape and all they want to do is see the women with little tidies on. That's a, that's a woman hunting and a man hunting hole. Amen. You don't like that? I don't care. It's just the truth and you know I'm telling you the truth. I don't want you to be admitted about it. You say, I want to get in shape. Well, get you a garden hoe and a push mar- mower. Yeah. <laughs> I need to lose some weight. Push, mo- kill your, Take the battery out of your riding mower. Get that old push mower that won't start half the time. You do this about 50 times, and you'll get in shape. Yeah. It's a joke. Yeah. All this fitness stuff is a joke. It, they, they dressed it up and made it look like your manliness, all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's so it's bad that half the girls in this church can whip most young men. Yeah. Yeah, amen. <laughs> I just want to throw that in and see how he acted.
1: Yeah.
0: The glory of young men is the strength. Young men, you ought to work hard and be strong.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amen. How many of you girls want to marry one of them? Nope. <laughs> you ain't looking for one of them. Raise your hand, girls, if you want to marry a wimp. Sharon? <laughs> She's shaking her head, no get away from me. <laughs> I see you you got some pretty girls there. You girls interested in a wimp? All the to say amen and dismiss us right here. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of you boys ain't put you ain't got put an axe in your hand. You ain't put nothing in your hand except a little phone and a and a something that's got buttons on it. Your face is square. You've looked at it so much. Your fingers are so soft. Some of you can't start a chainsaw. Right? You need to. You need. I tell. You, buy them chainsaws for the birthday. Genesis 18, the young men dressed, watch this, dressed the calf, slaughtered it and butchered it. Yep. Most of these wimps in town, they don't even know how, to, they, think, they think meat comes off of a computer somewhere.
1: Yeah.
0: They don't know nothing. They never watched an animal be killed. Yeah. They never gutted one, saw the guts come out and the blood flow out. Yeah. That's real life. You ain't eating hamburger without an animal dying. Did you know that? Unless you're anyway. <laughs> Genesis 22, verse 3 and 5, the young men carried the wood. I'll tell you something, y'all to cut wood. Amen. Yeah. Y'all learned to cut wood. So I ain't never cut wood. Get somebody to help you go get Phil, he'll tell you how to get you started. By the way, start with a cross-cut saw. Yeah. Then you'll appreciate something with a little motor on it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Your forefathers didn't have chainsaws. They built this nation. They plowed behind the oxen. In your Bible, watch this. Hey, you know when I started learning that preachers ain't supposed to be a wimp, whenever God called Elijah, Elisha, he sent Elijah down and he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. Woo! Do you know you're talking about 24 oxen right up here? And a man standing behind a plow?
1: Yep, you're
0: can you imagine getting up 4 o'clock in the morning Danny and putting the harness on 24 oxen I'd be wore out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about physical work the lack of physical work is killing people we've got it in our head that oh man I'm going to be smarter than the rest of them I'm going to figure out how to make money without working yeah. you sorry low down sissy
1: right.
0: amen, amen. It's all right, work with your brain, but ain't gonna hurt you. There's a man one time, a very well-known auctioneer down in West Plains country, and I just got to of auction school. I went down to visit him, thought I could learn something about him, and I did. Yeah. I drove up to his house van. You know what he was doing? <laughs> I stood there and watched him for a while, and he made about four or five rounds that little push lawnmower. I thought, good land living this auctioneer. I thought he was a big dude, you know, man. He, you know, he just run his mouth for a living. Yeah. He pushing that lawnmower. I said, he come over and said, who are you? I told him, some Red Skelly. I said, I got out of the auction school. He want to come down and visit you and see if I can learn something off of you. He said, well, the first thing I tell you, is, says, work hard and sweat. And don't think it's going to be easy. be willing to do the dirty work. Woo! Woo! Yes, sir. He, thought, he said, this is good for me. He said, it gets that nasty, filthy sweat and toxins out of my body. He said, I like it when grass season comes. He said, I sweat and I sweat and I sweat. And some of you would feel better. You know what's wrong? They've been taking you to the doctor every time something run out of the side of your nose and took you up to Springfield and sent you to a doctor and you got 42 shots and you can't avoid nothing now. You ain't never worked. Every time you mom, oh, he's got a cold. Let's take him to the doctor. Right. Let him get sick. Let him puke. Amen. Half time, they're faking it anyway to get out of work. <laughs> <laughs> Exodus 24, Moses sent young men to put the offering to sacrifice for burnt offering. First Samuel 26, two young men sent to fetch the king's spear, spear. Acts chapter five, get this in here. Whenever that man, whenever Ananias, the fire's dropped dead, you know what it says? The young men, hey, you boys, if anybody ever drops dead in this church, you wind them up, take them out, okay? It says the young men took both them people out of the church, wound them up, and took them out. That's yeah. a man alive. I, I don't like to do that, I don't think. The Bible says, study to be quiet, do your own business, and work with your own hands. If any won't work, neither should he eat. We've got a generation of pajama-wearing social parasites and leeches that think everybody owes them a living. Amen. Waiting for the mom and dad to die to get their inheritance. Yeah. Effeminate boys, they ain't never broke a sweat. Wearing flip-flops and ho- shorts and Hawaiian shirts, hair colored and spiked like a girl. Somebody needs to put you to hauling square bales, hoeing in the garden. My mama could outwork most men I ever knew. My wife can outwork most men I ever knew. I'm going to tell you something. It's good for you to work. You say, what do you preach about? I preach about being a man. Work! Work! I'm going to tell you, I love to work. The older I get, the more I love to work. makes me feel better. If I'm hurting, the best thing I can do is go out and work. Yeah. Get the blood circulating. Get out of the house. Yeah. I'll tell you what, those, some of those slobs sitting around, honey, I don't feel like getting out today. She's taking off for her job. She, as quick as she gets gone, you go get the Doritos and flop down the couch and turn on some stupid show. you to learn how to do carpentry, plumbing, electrical, weld, run equipment. Put that boy on a bobcat and let him loose. Tie him down good, but let him roll. How yeah. <laughs> I many had that done to you? Your daddy puts you on a bobcat and lets you roll. Learn how to fight.
1: amen.
0: You say, why? Because you might have to whoop somebody after your girlfriend someday. <laughs> you might have to whoop somebody in your house. You say, well, I don't think we're supposed to just fight. Yeah, you're supposed to defend your family. By the way, you need to learn how to use a gun. You need to learn how to use a gun. Don't just have something sitting over there. Say, Daddy, how to use that thing? Take him out there, teach him. I'll never forget, Glenn, my son-in-law, he took his little daughter out there. I mean, she wasn't big enough to stand up. Had her shooting now, shooting at them, clink, clink deals, you know? I'll tell you one thing, don't mess with her. She knows how to shoot, and she can shoot straight. Amen. Teach him how to do that. Pansy hands. How many's ever pulled weeds in a garden? Raise your hand. Oh, that's pretty good. I won't say nothing about that. You ought to, you ought to learn how to pull weeds. That'll take the hide off your little pansy hands, amen? <laughs> sitting around. I'm going to tell you something. If I was your daddy, if I was your daddy and you had a video game, I would use it for target practice, teaching you how to shoot a gun. You don't need no video game. You don't need any of that junk. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know all about the music stars, the sports stars, the film stars, but you don't know the men of God. If you don't know the men of God, you ain't going to know nothing about manhood. Uh, some squirrely deal like Michael Jackson or some of them queer looking things up there dancing around and you getting all excited. You, you're a pervert to even watch that stuff. Amen. You watch them clowns like that and there's something wrong with you. Amen. You get up and watch that old witch that everybody's looking at now. What's her name? Uh, Taylor Swift. You like her? You ain't right with God.
1: Come on.
0: You ain't. By her own admission, she's a, she's a witch. Yep. Her favorite number's 13. She does everything in sequences of 13s for her show. 13's the number of rebellion. It yeah. yeah. Oh, some of you, oh, we won't be at church Sunday. We're going to be down Branson at that show.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: I have seen people, that go, have, when we went to this church. Putting on Facebook, them at the show. Oh, you couldn't get them raise their hands to Jesus Christ in his church house for a hundred dollar bill in their hand. They go down some stupid short branch and say, oh, yeah. You <laughs> need to get saved. Amen. That's your problem. Any man love the world? Love of the Father's not in him. Amen. Amen. Well, has anybody got the idea of what I'm preaching about? Work. All right. Next thing, if you want to be physically strong, here's the important stuff be morally strong. Yep. In first Peter chapter one, when God says add to your faith, Bible knowledge. Wake up, get your head up, I ain't said the prayer yet.
1: <laughs> Come on!
0: What do you, add to you What's the first thing God says to add to your faith, young man? And you young men listen to me right now, virtue. What is virtue? Moral strength. Yeah. Yep. It's the strength inside you to refuse to be Samson. Yeah.
1: Amen. Come on. That you
0: refuse to be David, I will not let a woman. Now I gonna tell you boys something. Just, just hang on to your hat. Most of the girls that mess up a virg- a boy that's a virgin, is some gal that's been rodeo forty two times already.
1: Come on, yeah.
0: And she wants to mess you up.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Are you listening? Yeah. Boys, steer clear of that girl. Who you can sense in your spirit and her face and her countenance eyes, is trying to lead you in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah.
0: Because you need to be morally strong. Yeah. Now I'm gonna tell you something. I'm gonna joke about it. I'm i poor one to be preaching this. I've fought morality all of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of my life. This is like a never ending battle. Theme. I don't know, maybe nobody else in here like that, but I have. I have. constantly. Proverbs chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven, you know what it says her highways highway to death. Or say, take hold on hell. Many, what's this? Many strong men have been slain by by her. Boys, I was going to tell you something. If you're not morally strong, God, you know what God says? I don't give a rip about Reggie's preaching. Are you listening? I don't care about Reggie's preaching. He can get up to preach the finest message he can possibly come up with out of the Bible. But if he's not morally strong, he's no good. Are you listening to me? Amen. I want to ask you a question. Do you want to listen to a preacher who can roll a ball, lay that Bible out on Sunday morning, but on Saturday night and Friday night, he'd been thinking about a woman? No. Do you want that? No. How many of you think that it would be good for me to be morally strong, to be able to withstand Satan's temptations? I'm telling you boys, listen, with all my heart, I... It's, it's, it, there's no excuse because David and Samson, it's all through the Bible, great men who fell morally. But I going. To, there's never been a generation as this generation that can see before your eyes filth and immorality every day of your life, all day long, if you want. And I'm going to tell you something right now. You listen to me. God ordained your physical desires to be fulfilled within the realm of marriage. Yes. Anything else is adultery. Amen. That's right. Morally strong. Joseph is an example of that. Amen. Nobody else was there. Hey! Mama wasn't there. Daddy wasn't there. Nobody else was there but God. Yeah. And when Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him, he said, how can I do this and sin against my God? Joseph was morally strong. And let me just tell you something. You'll never be a man. Being a man is not running around with every old gal you can find. Any old dog can do that. Being a biblical man is number one, learn how to physically work. Because God put that in, told Adam, that, that's the first thing he told him, you're going to work. Amen. Second thing is to be morally strong. Amen. Be able to withstand temptation. How can I do this and sin against God? Amen. It'll destroy you. Yeah. How many preachers do you know in your lifetime been destroyed by immorality? Yeah. It's all over. Yeah, it I mean, it just it, everybody sweeps under the rug, but it's thicker than here on a dog's back. Strong, next, in grace. I don't know what your deal, but because must become morally strong, number two. Number three, young men must become spiritually strong. I'm gonna say something. We, I, I, in all the years I've been here, I have never seen a group of young people like this bunch. Yeah. On Sunday morning they're back there on their knees praying. They're going out on their own volition, witnessing. They're coming up here and singing with the heart, happy hearts. They're trying to be men and women of God. But I want to tell every one of you, you're not going to get by without a battle. Amen. Satan's going to come at you kids. I don't know. I've thought about it. I thought, God, how in the world is he going to come at them? You don't do what you're doing. But I'll tell you what I enjoy seeing is spiritually strong young people. Amen. My son, listen to this. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. First of all, be strong in grace, 2 Timothy 2.1. Number two, be strong in spirit. And when I say be strong in grace, realize that you are what you are by the grace of God. And you need his grace every day, every moment of the day. Amen. You need his grace. Be strong in grace. He gives grace to the human. I read you, I don't know how I can stand it. I don't know how I can deal with it. Some of you girls, please listen to me. You want to be married and I don't know. I don't understand all about it. But you've got to be strong in grace. Or you won't be able to stand it.
1: Amen.
0: I don't understand. I, we're in a curse. All I know is we're in a cursed world. But be strong in grace.
1: Amen.
0: You have to humble yourself to receive grace. Be strong in spirit. Luke 180, John the Baptist, it was said of him as a young man, he was grew in grace so forth, and he was strong in spirit. Now, you listen to me. Being strong in grace and strong in spirit is absolute necessity for victory to become a biblical man. Amen. Without it, you cannot become. Jesus was strong in spirit. Bible says, literally, John the Baptist was strong in spirit. Jesus was strong in spirit. Ephesians 3.16 said, It is God's will for every person to be strengthened with might in his spirit in the inner man. God wants you to be strong in spirit. You are a spirit. Be strong as spirit. How you say, Reggie, how's that become? Great, deep familiarity with the Word of God. You've got to get yourself in the Bible and read and get in tune with God and walk with God and learn from God's Word. And He will grow you spiritually and grow you morally and God will strengthen you. What does it mean to be strong in spirit? It means that you sense God's presence at all times, wherever you're at. And you have a biblical fear of the Lord. It's recognizing the promptings of the Holy Spirit and being alert to danger as Joseph was. Being strong in spirit means reading and studying and meditating on the Word of God so that you can know the deeper truths of God's Word, the meat of God's Word. Being strong in spirit means discerning the right kind of attitudes and the wrong kind of attitudes and knowing how to respond to them. How many times have we seen people, because they didn't respond to wounds, they got bitter toward God and bitter toward people, and they didn't understand what was going on. But if you're strong in spirit, you know what Joseph said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God still says, Romans eight twenty eight: all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and the call according to his purpose. God still writes the last chapter. Amen. You've got to be strong in spirit and believe that. Being strong in spirit is comprehending the love that God has for you. Being strong in spirit is loving the Lord with all your heart. Being strong in spirit is influencing, motivating other people to grow in the Lord and applying scripture to every area of life. And what does the Bible say about this? Being strong in spirit is building your life around basic and scriptural principles and convictions and knowing deeply the men of God and learning from their failures and their successes. And it's also knowing this, how to bind Satan. I'm in a spiritual battle right now where I'm trying to learn how to, More than ever in my life, spiritual warfare. I'm not wrestling against flesh and blood. (laughs) Come on now. I'm begging God, Lord, take me into the unseen realm. Show me how Satan has bound. God, give me the ability to pray and to use scripture to set the captives free. Brother, I'm gonna tell you something. Most of the time, we're about that thick in spirituality. I'm talking about if you're gonna to go to biblical manhood, you're gonna to have to face some things in life where it's gonna to have to be more than lay, uh, lay me down to sleep and play my soul with a to keep. I'm telling you, you're gonna to have to get on the thing of saying, God, take me into spiritual warfare where I can see what's go- really going on behind the scenes, what Satan is doing to that person, the lies. And God, help me to pray in such a way that we loose the captives and we set them free. Amen. We need biblical strong men. Amen. I hope you'll take it to heart, and then thirdly today in closing, number four down at the bottom, you must be strong in faith. And I tell you what, put up Romans chapter four if you would. I love this passage of scripture. It's talking about Abraham, the father of faith here. It says he staggered not. I want you to burn that on your brain. I want you young boys to burn that on your brain right now. I want you girls to do that. He staggered not at the promises of God. You know what Satan's doing every day of your life? Mom. Here's what he's doing. You're trying to lay hold of the promises of God. You're trying to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, trying to raise a family for God and love your wife and be something for America that America can maybe have a hope. You know what Satan's going to come? He's going to kind of stagger you. That don't work. The Bible ain't real. It doesn't work. See, it doesn't work. Look at your eyes. It's not working. Mm-hmm. And what he's trying to do right now is stagger you. Yeah. Right? But the Bible said that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God. Oh, Why did he even say that? Because somebody was trying to get Abraham to stagger.
1: Yeah.
0: What was his promises? That he'd have a son, that his wife would bear a son, a special seed that would bring the Savior into the world. He was 100 years old. And the Bible said he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. You're going to be a biblical man. You're going to have to be strong in faith and believe God what it looks like, it will never work. Oh yeah. <laughs> Believe him in spite of it all. American Christians have seen preachers fall apart. Staggered them. Seen parents divorce, staggered them. Seen Christians do this, staggered them. Is, it in, is there anything to it? Is it real? Look at it. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Watch this, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. You know what he's saying? God, you don't lie to nobody. And it don't look like it's possible. I'm 100 years old and my wife's 90. But God, I still believe you. God, I'm not gonna believe the lies of the devil. This is the first segment of this series. Tonight we're going to preach on when does a male become a man. I want to encourage you. I uh, Forgive me for personalizing so much, but I realize that I'm from here to that altar to eternity. You know, In, in some way, I don't care if I live 20 years. 20 years goes by like nothing. But if I did, it'd be 90. And I realize that if we're going to do something for God, it's got to be done.
1: We've
0: got to get at it. Time passes by so fast and I, w- I will say this to Caleb and, and I don't want all you boys to stand up again. I, I want you to stand up again would you if you young man here? I want you to know something I love you. Amen. I really do love you and I want you to, to be warriors for God. Yep. I don't want you to be self-righteous. Yep. I'm not asking you to be cocky and think you're more spiritual than anybody else. In fact, I'm asking you to be humble before God, but I'm asking you to make a commitment to God I want to be. Among America, a biblical man, not what the world calls a man, a biblical man, strong in grace, strong in faith, strong in spirit, and following my Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all stand. We're going to pray and dismiss. Thank you for your patience and long-suffering. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I want to thank you for having mercy upon me. I ain't never been nothing, but it seemed like a failure both all time. But God, I tell you what I am, by the grace of God, what I am. And I'm thankful, God, at least I've got a book that tells me how to be a man. God, I don't want to be a man that the devil controls. I don't want to be a man that gives the devil glory. Lord, I desire to be a man that gives you glory by happy joyful obedience to the precious word of God Lord these young men that stood Lord I tell you I appreciate them I thank you for them what a blessing they've been I've seen them come and work and labor to get services ready and now God's seen them go out and witness and pray and serve the Lord and put God first in their life and God, I pray a blessing upon them today. Please bless them. Bless them, Lord, with faith, with assurance, with courage. Bless them, Lord, with biblical manliness. Lord, if they get married, I pray, God, they'll be a biblical husband to their wives. They'll love them as Christ loved the church and protect her and provide for her lay their life down for if need be God we're nothing and lord you know that but I tell you God you know me God if i if it ain't if your word is not everything it's not anything and I'm asking you God please this morning would you hear my prayer would you give grace to these young men would you put something in their heart that just says i want I, I want to be a man of God I want to be a biblical man. Lord, no matter whether they're building a house or chasing a kiff or driving a tractor or working on a computer, Lord, whatever it is they do in life, I pray they'll do it as unto the Lord and not unto the men. And that, Lord, these truths might make a difference in their lives. Oh, God, please hear me. With groanings which cannot be uttered, I do not want to see their lives train wrecked. Uh, Lord, help them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You're dismissed. I'll see you tonight.